0: Come to you for comfort. Give us that double measure of your comfort, that we may know you
1: as you are revealed
0: in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Amen. I would bet most of you have a favorite Christmas song, or perhaps some of you might have a favorite. I trust you this morning, I also have a favorite Advent song. I know not many of you probably have favorite hymns for Advent, but I thought I would invite in today's Old Testament take my message from my favorite Advent hymn. So I invite you, if you'd like to track with me, open to hymn 67. So we're going to start verse 1 and our lesson from Isaiah 40 with, Comfort, comfort ye, my people, speak ye, peace, but sit on God. Comfort those who sit in darkness, more than peace, their sorrow goes home. Speak ye to Jonah, those who are. And the church is to present both real and woe, tidings of God's blessing, and tidings of God's correction to. So for the previous 39 chapters in Isaiah, Isaiah's been speaking a tale of woe and now There is no help for widows or orphans. The nation is known for greed and decadence and arrogance, injustice, moral perversion, and denial of any of God's work whatsoever. Such is the peril of any nation that forgets God. And they pay dearly for it because they have not heard the words of so drastic is this shift from woe to real at chapter 40 that many believe that the student or follower of Isaiah may actually have been written writing this portion. Some call it of Isaiah because the writer changes everything from destruction to restoration, a twofold comfort, and then comes the comfort. Comfort only God can give. They are mourning me their sorrows. low. for 70 years, Babylon would occupy Jerusalem, tearing down Solomon's temple, taking off the brightest and best of her citizens to labor in the strange land. And at some point, when God's people are afflicted, they come to realize, oh, we really royally messed up. Maybe we should have listened to that Isaiah guy a long time ago. But it's important for us to realize that God never willingly afflicts his people. To do that, would make him cruel. Even in the worst of situations, we do not read that God forced Babylon upon them. The Jews are God's own people, with a history and an everlasting covenant with them. But when any nation, much less the one that is called by his name, forgets him and ignores the relationship, our loving parents. Let's the child walk away and face the consequences of his or her making. In other words, God takes down the barrier of protection. The law demanded that the fields lie fallow every seventh year. And this was so that the soil's nutrients would not be exhausted. And yet, out of their greed, they did not meet the law. There were no artificial fertilizers. And the soil was getting depleted. God, whom Isaiah tells us does not let his word be to and empty, causes the land to lie fallow for exactly as many years as they have failed to do so. The end. Through God, God promises that her sins would be covered and her warfare, a 70 year long sentence, would be over. Comfort, comfort would fall on God's people. Imagine what this would have felt like. Pearl Harbor, with only a glimmer of the hope of DJ. And so, the church shifts to verse 2. Our the voice of him that cried in the desert far hath here, calling us to new repentance, since the kingdom now is here. The voice is John, a solitary in the Judean wilderness, not known for. well. He comes not as the light, but to testify to the light that is coming into the world and will be the light of all people. What the Babylonian captivity's end was for temporal sin, the long winter of our sins is met with the voice of the forerunner crying in the wilderness. And as the grass withers, Flower the word of the Lord will stand forever. In other words, all of our best, all of our fair beauties, have an expiration date. There is only one thing that lasts, and that work is God's word. The word of our Lord is the living word, Jesus himself. If we wish to know that which lasts, we have to prepare a way. Let the valleys rise to meet him, and the hills of Adam reap him. Now, verse 3, we shift to our text. We have seen Isaiah's promise of restoration. We have seen John's promise in the day of our Lord at hand. and now we take up May me straight what once was broken. Make the God of places plain. Let your heart be true and humble as he fits his holy ring. It. It's time to make things right. Prepare is the way of the Lord by taking account of the things that are amiss in your own life. The breed. Decadence, corruption, and moral decay that face Jerusalem at one point in history can infect any of us. Justice, though, has a sneaky undertone. It's an undertone we don't really like to admit. Some of us, even at times, have benefited from things that were unjust. Here's a hypothetical example. Perhaps say you invested some money with some Belgian diamond traders. Okay? And so you got 5% dividend per quarter. And that's not too bad. What you may not have known is that deep in the Congo, children were kept from attending school in order for locals to be able to run the mines. <coughs> yield some very nice gems, but it works. times nice. Children don't get to go to school. Justice would say those kids should be in school, not in the mines. but our conscience likes to rationalize the nice 5% that we just line our pockets with. In the end, all things, all of those hidden injustices come to light. all of the ways Those things will be made straight in the end for us. God's word was never voided. It will always accomplish what God has sent it to do. And the flesh shall see the token that the word is never broken. Our task this Advent is to prepare whatever is amiss in our lives by the king of kings. He came first to be our savior. He comes next to be our judge. Let's be ready.